Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, a co-production of EWTN Radio and SpiritualDirection.com, where we provide you with a spiritual haven of rest and explore the riches of the wisdom of the saints and the path to union with God. This is Dan and Stephanie Burke. Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, your radio haven of rest your hermitage of the heart your monastery of the mind where we lift our hearts and minds to heaven to draw on the wisdom of the saints to help us navigate this very challenging life to find the narrow way and to stay on it that's what the show is about that's what the avila foundation is about so we're very excited to speak with a monk an abbot who not only lives properly the the understanding of what is a monastery of the mind, but he actually lives in a monastery. And uh, right. the monastery is called Clear Creek Abbey. So we're excited to have Abbot Philip Anderson on. And Stephanie's going to tell us a bit about uh, this abbot and something exciting that they're up to. Okay. So Abbot Philip Anderson has been a Benedictine monk for 20 46 years, excuse me, 46, and was ordained. He looks like he's only been a monk for 26 years. It's the grace of prayer. <laughs> um, 46 years and was ordained to the priesthood in 1984, along with 12 other monks, some of whom were American, some French. He helped found Our Lady of Clear Creek Abbey in northeastern Oklahoma in 1999. They recently produced a beautiful, um, just exquisite new CD of Gregorian chant, uh, which also helps us in the interior life mm -hmm. in a very special way. So welcome, Abbott Anderson. Thank you for being with us. Glad to be here. Well, thank you so much, Abbott, for, for being on the show. I've always been fascinated with Clear Creek. I haven't been there, but when you travel among faithful Catholics and, and those who really love tradition, uh, Clear Creek is is going to be a part of that conversation in some way. Uh, why is Clear Creek so special? Why does it capture the imagination of faithful Catholics all around, uh, at least here in the United States, in my experience? Well, I don't know. I wonder <laughs> myself. It's a mystery of God, and, and we are rare, very uh, blessed with uh, vocations and a lot of uh, friends. But it is unique in the sense that the Benedictine Order has been present in America for a long time, doing a lot of work, mostly though with schools and the more active apostolate, whereas we're somewhat like Trappists, we're, we're contemplative monks are entirely just the old rule, the ancient monastic life is our, is our way and not, not apostolate. We don't do exterior apostolates. And it has a French sort of uh, background, which is interesting because an awful lot of the monastic history was through France, Italy and France. And I don't know, there's something special there, but uh, we're just thanking God for it. Yeah, God be praised. Now you have two, two uh, a, a close friend of ours, Aurora Chartier. I think you have two of her sons in, uh, in the monastery there. And um, she uh, glows when she talks about them and, and you all. What is the life of a monk like? I mean, what does it look like on a daily basis? Well, the, there's a motto that sort of summarizes it is ora et labora. We pray and we work because mm -hmm. the first monks learned that you can't really pray all day long, constantly, physically. It's not possible. And so they learned to, 
to uh, vary their activities. And the Benedictine rule picked up that wisdom. And so it's a very balanced day with work and prayer and study and some recreation, you know. But prayer is the, is the main focus, of course. Seven hours a day we have, uh, seven times a day we have a prayer session once at night, what we call the matins. So it's a day punctuated by prayer following the cosmic order from the, the sun. We are in touch with nature in that way that we, uh, our day is kind of ordered according to the hours of the day, which become mystical hours when you sanctify them by prayer. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, seven hours a day when if there was a young man out there listening and thinking, why well, that sounds fascinating. Maybe I'm called to that. Do you mean seven hours in duration or seven separate times in which you pray? Well, at seven different times a day we pray, it adds up to something like four hours, not seven uh -huh. hours, only four hours. Wonderful. And do you, just out of curiosity, um, we live, uh, we're lay people, of course. We do pray the liturgy of the hours. We live at a retreat center, and it's uh, as well as the home of the Avila Foundation. And we do are we are seeking to live a life of constant prayer. Uh, do you have any tips for what might be the secret to or secrets to how do you remain in prayer even when you're working and, and doing things uh, that are not specifically just prayer by itself? Well, there are many secrets to this. There are many aspects that help, that monks learn little by little. One is that if you have the intention of serving God, let's say you're on a pilgrimage and you're walking to St. James, you know, uh, Compostela, if you have intention to be going there, even if your mind wanders off, you're still walking that way. You're still doing the thing. You're still, your intention is still, you know, moving forward. So whatever you're doing, if you have the intention to, sanctify yourself and sanctify the world and serve God, well, it, it, it carries on even if you do, like a little children like we are, we, we, our, our minds dripped off. Another, another secret is to try to evangelize your distractions because you're going to have, as the monks have always had, a lot of distractions come into your mind. Instead of just trying to suppress them violently, to gently lead yourself back to God and say, well, what, why was I thinking about that uh, you know, that idea, where was my mind watering off and I could maybe find some link to God? Little by little, my distractions could become part of my prayer. or My, mm. my distractions become prayer once they find a certain, you know, uh, focus on God, I guess you might say. Mm. Fascinating. That's really beautiful. I remember um, one time uh, accidentally ending up in confession with Archbishop Chaput. <laughs> and uh, it was years and years and years ago. And I remember taking one of the items that I brought is I, I'm so distracted in prayer. And he said, has anybody ever taught you what to do with those distractions? And I said, no. And he said, take them and place them gently on the altar and leave them yeah. there and then go back to prayer. Hmm. And it was so helpful to me to just gently yeah. not beat myself up, but gently take them to the Lord, leave them with him hmm. and then go to prayer. Well, um, Abbott, I am a musician um, of, of my heart. I, I did get a vocal um, performance degree when I was in college. And so I love music. It, it speaks to me. It's, it draws me into prayer. What place does music play in your life there at the Abbey and in the life of the monks? Um, tell me a little bit about that and then about this extraordinary project. Um, that you did this new CD called Rorate Celli. 
Well, that's a pretty vast subject. If you're a musician, you realize the, all the implications for our whole civilization and the quality of music determines a lot about a person's soul or where their thoughts go and everything. But uh, it's just the experience of the church. St. Augustine wondered, should we keep music? Is that not a distraction? Is that not going to be a, a kind of idol or something that takes us away from God? But he finally decided, no, it, it moves people. And so it uh, became part of the life of the church. And uh, the monks found that this was a good way to uh, keep us focused in our psalmody, uh, you know, Music could even become a kind of idol for monks because if they record and they become somewhat famous or there's money involved, it could become a bad thing. So you have to watch out for that. that it's never the primary, primary focus is God himself. And if we didn't sing at all, we just recited the prayers, well, that would be okay. Although as one monk in France who was a famous choir director said, you, you really don't have the entire thought of the church you don't have the right interpretation of the prayers of the church unless you have the music added. Gregorian chant, in particular, adds an interpretation to the liturgical texts. It gives you a certain uh, uh, insight into what it's about. And so the music finally is at the service of the words of the text of Holy Scripture, ecclesiastical text. The music serves that and gives a kind of interpretation, gives you something more, but that Mostly monks are able to do that because others don't have that much time. But there's a lot to the musical question, really a lot. It's really beautiful. It adds a rich richness and a depth to it um, that, that if you're not a musician, even though you know most people can do Gregorian chant because it's simple, um, but if you're not a musician, you often miss the beauty and the richness of being able to sing. And, and what that does, especially if you're singing to God, um, it's, yes. it's exquisite. So Yeah, we, well, your music, the Rorate Celi uh, album, if you will, the Marian Sounds of Advent, what made you decide to uh, create it? Is this, your, this is your first, is that true or no? No, that's not true. We, had, we recorded some years ago, maybe 10 years ago, a uh, first CD, uh -huh. Ecce Fiat, according on the theme of the Annunciation. Uh -huh. And that, we're going to reissue or make that available again pretty soon, the first one. It was, the critics liked it. It just wasn't really distributed very much, and it didn't okay. get around as much. But, uh, no, Rorante uh, Chile, we just thought Christmas is a good time to put out a, a recording because more people are likely to experience it, buy it, whatever. And uh, we tried to find something that wasn't used already. That was, uh, And most people are not too familiar with the mass of the vigil of Christmas. I'm not talking about midnight mass. I'm talking about the day before Christmas. When some of these beautiful, you have parts of the repertory, the Gregorian chant, that are magnificent and no one knows them except monks. So we're trying to make some of these things better known you know, that you wouldn't normally encounter, even if you do Gregorian chant. You know. Well, you're doing a, a beautiful job. I, I listen to chant every day. My, my long-standing favorite has been uh, Hildegard von Bingen. Ah. Uh, just love her work. But uh, yours is quickly becoming a favorite. I, I, for those out there who are looking for the music that we're talking about, Rorate Celi, The Monks of Clear Creek, you can find that at Sophia Institute Press. I was very excited to see 
that you're working with Sophia because you will get very good distribution with that. Yes. Uh, very good, very good reach. But uh, you can find I've downloaded mine on iTunes uh, and that's how I listen to my music. So uh, make sure you do that, because when you do that, you're not only supporting you're not only supporting or I, what, what I should say, doing something virtuous that will help you to grow spiritually by listening to chant. But also you're going to be helping uh, the work at Clear Creek Abbey, the holy life that they live for the sake of the church. So when we get back from the break, we'll continue talking with uh, uh, Abbot Philip Anderson from Clear Creek Abbey about Gregorian chant and religious life. And uh, so hang in there. We'll be right back. Hi, friends. We want to personally invite you to check out all of our upcoming retreats here at Avila. Head over to spiritualdirection.com forward slash events or click on the events tab on the top of spiritualdirection.com and sign up now for one of our powerful mini retreats, setting the captives free or into the deep or divine intimacy and marriage. Now with both live and online options, our mini retreats can be live streamed right into your living room or parish meeting room. Discover why these events sell out time and time again. That's spiritualdirection.com forward slash events register today. There is a growing need for well-formed, solid spiritual directors in the church today. The Avila Institute, in collaboration with Heart of Christ Spiritual Direction Program, offers a certificate in spiritual direction for those who feel called to accompany others in their journey towards God. The program is grounded in Ignatian and Carmelite spirituality based on a Catholic worldview and draws on the wisdom of the saints with an emphasis on biblical principles and the new evangelization. This program offers both online and on-site classes Discover more and apply today at avala-institute.org. This is Dan and Stephanie Burke with Divine Intimacy Radio, your radio haven of rest. We're back with Abbot Philip Anderson of Clear Creek Abbey. They produced really uh, an extraordinary new album. It's their second uh, on uh, with uh with Gregorian chant. Is it Gregorian chant? Is that right, the right category? Yes. On this particular recording, we, we made a little uh, sortie, a little uh, try of polyphony, because we have a friend who's a very gifted, Mark Donnelly, a very gifted uh, composer. And this is new music, he, old, old texts that are put, set to music. So a couple, but it's, it's Gregorian chant is our real thing. That's, for the divine office, we only use Gregorian chant, but the polyphony would be like for the month of Mary, some extra chants or something. But so there's a little bit of polyphonic with several notes at the same time. You see, most of it is our focus is on Gregorian chant. Yes. You know what? I have a curiosity, and I don't know if there is an answer, but I uh, am a convert to Christianity. I'm Jewish by birth, and then I eventually I, I became Southern Baptist, and be, and then eventually found my way into the Catholic Church. And so I uh, swapped out all of my secular music when I became an evangelical for Christian music. But one of the things I discovered when I would enter into prayer is even that good music with virtuous lyrics would disturb my prayer. And I wasn't able to enter into a more silent uh, kind of prayer. But, but I've been surprised to discover, and also grateful, that uh, this kind of chant that you you've produced in this album, uh, Rorate Celi, 
doesn't in any way disturb my prayer. It never shows up and gets in the way. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you have any insight into why that is the case. Is that normal? I don't know if that's normal for everyone. I think it is because at the center of music, the very word music has a root that I think is linked to the root of mute. It's like silence of God is sort of the, the, the point around which the rest of it revolves. And the closer a music is to the center of things, the divine intimacy, you know, the, the less it, it uh, distracts you. You know, if you want an analogy, you think of Gregorian chant as the top of the mountain where water is very pure. It's not very magnificent. It's a small stream coming down. It's very, very pure. As you go down the mountain, if you've ever done camping, you can, you can, you can drink the water at the top of the mountain. There's no possibility of it being polluted. But as you go down the mountain, it gets more, you know, earth in it, and it becomes a bigger stream, and then you get down to a river, whatever. You get from you get to Baroque music, and you get to classical music, and then to popular music. It's like the, the muddy Mississippi. You get down to the Delta. It's really not very pure at all. It's, it's very big and very popular. So Gregorian chant is like that's kind of the first, in the Western world, the first music really was Gregorian chant, it's melodies, a diatonic scale, just the simple notes. And then God worked things so that from there it, it moved into other forms while still preserving Gregorian chant. It's kind of the first form of music in our Western world. It's really beautiful. What an amazing analogy. I'd never heard that. That's really gorgeous. And what's interesting is, you know, we sometimes... Um, we, we do chant our uh, Liturgy of the Hours when we get together and pray at noon and in evening prayer. And what I find fascinating is even if you can't really sing, there's some there's a blend that happens even if yeah. with those that are singing off key that the Lord just kind of smooths out all the edges and it sounds um, very holy and very beautiful and very uh, transcendent. So it's just a fascinating thing. Well, tell us a little bit about, so, so you have this burgeoning community, you're attracting a lot of young vocations. Tell us about what the young men who flock to your community are looking for. Well, I have seen and see more and more a kind of wave of interest in many countries, especially in America, for a bit of a more, I guess you might say, a traditional orientation. There's a possible misunderstanding in all this because we don't want to delve into ideology that uh, is, uh, it comes to kind of ism, but uh, just a tendency towards more traditional forms. It's just an instinct of survival, I think, because they see dwindling communities and they see dwindling seminaries, you know, where there's no real religious fervor. And they, they find that, uh, a lot of them are asking for the extraordinary form, what used to be called the extraordinary form or the, the older Roman Missal. You know, they want to be Catholic though. They want to be in the community of the Catholic Church. They don't want to be, you know, schismatics or anything, but they want, they've, they, they have a sense that this will work better where they see the habit, where they see, you know, Latin, which was actually called for by Vatican II. And uh, I don't think it can be stopped. There's, there's a tendency here and they're finding that this works for them, that they, so a lot of the candidates that come here, they want to know if we have this more traditional orientation because that's what they're looking for. 
you know, it's a bit simplistic, but young people are a bit simplistic. They, they have to go on what they know, and they don't know everything yet. So that's kind of the uh, tendency, but in a good Catholic way. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, one of the things that strikes me is, you know, if you really want to be countercultural, is uh, enter fully into the fullness of the faith. And it's like nothing else out there, as, as it should be. And I think... Um, I think our young people are tired. I think they're, they're overburdened by social media. Uh, they're finding that it brings them no joy, that it brings them sorrow and pain. And it, it's not surprising to me that the young people long uh, for beauty. It was what they were made for and the transcendent. And um, right. they're not finding it anywhere else. So I'm, I'm delighted that you exist uh, there in, at Clear Creek. We want to just make sure folks know a few resources uh, and and to know where to get the Rarati Chaley CD. You can get, can you put up the, um, Jordan, the Clear Creek website, which I think they can get it through. There's a store there. So it's right. clear, clearcreekmonks.org. And of right. course, they, they have other items. I think we we buy uh, a Benedictine medals from, we try to buy out their supply of Benedictine medals here. <laughs> Uh, so, and all of the things that they produce, of course, uh, are not, they don't just do it for no reason. They do it, of course, to evangelize the church and to help the church, right. but they also do it to meet their own needs. So it's really important that we support uh, uh, faithful monasteries and convents like this and purchase as much as we can directly from them, which really helps them to uh, meet their needs and and they have a lot of needs. They're not a small. Uh, they're not a small um, uh, monastery. How many men do you have, uh, Abbot? Well, right now we have sixty-three. Wow, that's amazing. That, that gives me hope for the future of the church. You know, I think people don't realize is that um, to me, uh, cloistered contemplative life, the life like you live, um, and we're Carmelite, but of course these realities are very are very um, uh, complementary and important. But I actually think if, if places like Clear Creek disappeared, the church would disintegrate. I don't think people understand. I know that that's not possible in a certain sense, but I think that people do not understand typically how important the constant life of prayer and intercession uh, is for the, for the health of the church that happens at Clear Creek. Is this something... Does this idea resonate with you, or am I overstating uh, uh, the reality? Well, some people say it's like a, like a uh, lightning rod sometimes. We also, certain places in the church are there to fight and to take the, the brutal beatings of uh, you know, Satan and, uh, and hell, and, they, uh, and that helps in that way. But positively, you know, you have to have inspiration, and God uses that individual saints and places too. And we say that really, if you get down to it, a mature Christian will understand that everyone needs to be a monk or a nun a little bit, hmm. but you have to have some who do it completely because it wouldn't work. But everybody should have the same orientation in a way, whether they're married or, or whatever. We, we have also what the Franciscans would call third order. We call them oblates. Yeah. And they're associated with the monastery and they come. We just had Oblate Day the other day and uh, 
they come and hear conferences and they pray part of the divine office with us and they share in our prayers. And that's, so it's a way of uh, enveloping a lot of people really in Abbey. Yeah, I really believe that every layperson should find their tribe in a sense, um, meaning a, a directed spirituality that resonates with them. And if you want to know a, a, a pure expression of Benedictine spirituality, clearcreekmonks.org, check that out. The other thing I wanted to uh, let people know about, and of course you can find the CD, Rorate Chili, there. You can find it at EWTN's Religious Catalog at uh, Sophia, Sophia Institute. Institute Press. So it's available out in a bunch of places. God be praised. Um, but also, if you're if this is sparking in you and you're a young man or you know a young man who's thinking about the priesthood, I want to give you another resource, whether it's diocesan or religious priesthood. Either way, it doesn't matter. Check out myhighcalling.com, myhighcalling.com. Um, not only will you find resources there to help you understand if this is your calling, but also uh, you can end up, if you like, even talking with one of our staff there who help young men discern the priesthood. I think we're working with uh, a number of religious orders, over 40 dioceses where we, we uh, form men f uh, and prepare them for whether it be religious life or the diocesan priesthood, through a year of formation and discernment. Before seminary. Before seminary. Mm -hmm. But regardless, uh, I think no matter whether you go to, um, to, the, to the monastery, clearcreekmonks.org, to My High Calling, the good thing is you're, you just can't go wrong because all of us together, and I'll speak, uh, I'll say with Abbot Philip and all that he's doing, we're all... Uh, uh, joined together for the health and the best that the church has to offer and the, and the beautiful and glorious tradition has to offer. We're building the kingdom. Building the kingdom together as lay people, as religious. We're all working together. So, Philip, uh, Abbot Philip, we're grateful for this new CD that you produ produced, Rorate Chele. It can also be found on iTunes. Folks, go out there and buy it. Go to, um, go to the clearcreekmonks.org uh, website. Make sure you support them because we need for the health and the, and the uh, preservation of the church and tradition and the holiness of the church. We need these monks. We need them to continue in their life and have all that they need to continue to pray for the church. Abbot Philip, thank you so much for spending right. a little bit of time with us today. May God, may God bless your wonderful endeavor. Amen. God thank bless you. you. Thank you. Thank you. And then you have to do the outro step. Oh, just forgot the outro. Yeah. Uh, okay. There you go. Okay. Here's All the right. outro. Okay. No, you have to <clears throat> actually say it. I know. Okay. <laughs> Until next time, may the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire spirit, soul, and body, irreproachable at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. learn more about the interior life, visit spiritualdirection.com. Divine Intimacy Radio is a co-production of EWTN Radio and spiritualdirection.com and heard worldwide on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.